Welcome back to Property Management Madness. Property management is crazy, so let's talk about it. Um, pull up a seat, pull up a drink. We'll wait while you get ready. Okay, so today is gonna be part two of um, where we left off with maintenance. Um, so I have my guest speaker, Joe, over here. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. All right, so we were kind of talking about um, routine maintenance, reactive maintenance, um, and then where is it that, or In what education. is it? Yeah, what is it that you can do to help lower your costs in the future. And one of the number one things we mentioned is education. You know, educating your residents. Because sometimes they just don't know. Yes. They just don't know. Um, so I wanna, <laughs> I wanna take this time to t tell a story about a time when a resident just didn't know. Oh Lord, I know this story that she's about to tell <laughs> and listen and listen close. Okay, so I had a resident just very recently, about a year ago, and this resident kept calling because she kept saying that her oven was catching fire, which is not normal. No, <laughs> not, not at, at all. all. Not so at all. it's not normal. She kept saying, it's very smoky. It keeps catching fire. I'm like, what the heck is happening? So send maintenance out. Yes, Joe goes out. Every time I go out, the only issue I see, it's not a mechanical issue. It's not an issue with the stove itself. The issue is the amount of grease in the, in the bottom of the oven. Dirty. Dirty, Dirty oven. ovens mm -hmm. will catch fire. Gas yeah. ovens especially because that is an open flame in the bottom and grease is flammable. Let's remember that, please. Right. So sun maintenance out. Joe goes, you got to clean your oven gotta clean it so i tell her look you know there's nothing wrong mechanically with the, your oven it's catching fire because it's dirty and she's like well i clean it i clean it every day and i'm like okay well you you still have to clean it is it catching fire every time that you're cooking and she's like yeah mostly i'm like this is just seems weird so it's about a week later she calls again no, this time she calls the fire department. Yes. She called the fire department because her oven was catching fire. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening right now. So they pull the stove out and say, you know, mechanically, there's nothing wrong with it. But just to be safe, you should replace it. So we replace it just to be safe. Brand new oven. Brand so we give her brand new yep we give her a brand new range three days later she calls <laughs> and tells us her oven is catching fire i'm like what is happening so i call her and i'm like i don't understand what's happening i need you to break it down for me what exists step by like pretend i'm an idiot pretend <laughs> i'm an idiot break it down for me step by step what are you doing what is happening and then at what point is it catching fire so she tells me she's like well it's when i make meat I'm like okay i put the meat in the oven 
the oven is on. I close the door. Maybe 20 minutes later, there's a lot of smoke. It's catching fire. So I'm like, okay. I don't, like, how, okay. How is all the grease getting in the bottom of your oven? How is this happening? Crucial question. And then I find out that she doesn't know that when you put something in the oven, it should be on a cooking sheet. Yes. You must put all of your food on a pan when you go to put it in your oven. I'm not making this up. This is a true story. I 100% am not making this up. So my resident who caught a oven on fire was putting just slabs of meat. Just throwing it on the rack. On the rack in the the oven. oven. And then wanted to know Turning why. Turning it up to 350 and throwing the meat <laughs> on the rack. That's all you have to do. It's like grilling outdoors, but without the grill. Oh, God. Yes. 100% true. This is a story that happened. This only happened about a year ago. I have never experienced anything like this before in my whole life. Uh, this is something that you would think people would know. But, you know, we have different cultures. We have different um you know especially you know in the united states here in the metro detroit area we deal with a lot of different cultures and some people just don't know and you also have especially working in low income and hud you also have a lot of people that this is the first time they've lived on their own they've gotten away from mom and dad now you know and they're still young you know they they're getting in low income housing because they have children or they have a need and this is the first time they've lived on their own. This is the first yeah. time they have to take care of themselves. Somebody has always done it for them. Yeah. So they don't know that when they go to throw meat in the oven, <laughs> yeah. you have to throw it on a tray first. That's what pans are for. Yeah. So these education is a huge part. As we learned, we didn't know we had to go that deep with our education, but we learned. Yeah. We learned a lesson. Yeah. So um, absolutely. Uh, trying to decipher the problem of why this perfect oven kept catching fire for no reason was driving us absolutely insane because we don't want anyone to burn either. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) it's a major concern for us. So (laughs) we were very concerned about this, um, finding out the issue. User uh, error. Yes. We were grateful that we found out that what the issue was and that we could educate her. And uh, guess what? From there on, never caught on fire. Oven never caught on fire again. Never caught on fire. Wow, look at that. Yep. A little bit of education, people. Yep. So I think that I, I mean, at the end of the day, you're like, this, that's ridiculous. How does somebody (laughs) not know that? But I mean, sometimes people just don't know, and you actually have to ask them, like, okay. And all of this started from a routine reactive maintenance problem. You know, like she called in, my oven's catching fire, which is a huge problem. But then you realize, okay, this is just, this is an educational fix. Put a pan underneath your meat. <laughs> like, yes. It was, it was silly. And I don't, I don't necessarily know. I, well, I wouldn't say I don't necessarily know if I'm going to come into contact with that again, because I 100% will. You very but, much will. But it, it, it's sometimes it's not malicious. Like she didn't know. Yeah. She didn't know. Yeah. And, but. It, and you think in your head, how can you not know? But you have to remember and you have to put yourself in your tenant's shoes sometimes because you haven't experienced what they've experienced in yeah. life. 
Absolutely. But we all come from different backgrounds. Yeah. And you have to know that when you're in property management, when you're in maintenance and you're entering people's homes, these are their homes. Yeah. And, you know, they're not doing these things on purpose. Obviously, they don't want to live in a building that's on fire all the time. Right. So they're not purposely catching their oven on fire, but yeah. they just thought something was wrong with the stove. Right. So. They didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know it was them. It was them. But yes. they, they didn't know. And, I mean, you have to have that type of conversation with your resident that allows them to keep their dignity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we can yeah. talk about, we can talk about how to do that in a, in a, in the next episode or in, in future episodes, because that was also very interesting conversation <laughs> to have. Um, I enjoyed myself quite a bit, but, um, yeah, it was just, it was just education. Yeah. So yeah. I think and that we, we take fires very, very seriously. Absolutely. I think everybody and, does. And again, you know, <laughs> educating your people, that grease is a big deal and it's not just yeah. inside your oven. It's your oven fans that are right above your oven. Yeah. Especially if you fry a lot of foods, those things get caked in grease. Yeah. And, and that you, can be a fire hazard. Yes, it absolutely mm -hmm. can. You know, these things are, there are safety features in place. The fan is there to help, you know, exhaust smoke and things like that. But constant cooking builds up grease, which builds up the possibility of a fire hazard. So, and a lot of people don't realize that when you're cleaning, cleaning the range is also, or the not just the range, but cleaning the range hood is also important. And yes. I think, again, it just goes to education. Yep. Make sure that, you know, and, there is a tact. You have to have tact because your residents don't want you to think that they're idiots. Absolutely. You don't want to make them feel bad about it. Right. You, you want to show them in a way that is educating them and not right. belittling them. Yeah, exactly. So there is tact when it comes to that. And you can say, okay, oh, yeah, no, we don't, you know, we don't do it this way or this isn't the way that it's done. Um, you're mistaken. <laughs> It, right. But there, there is tact in the way that you have to have these conversations. And again, like I said, we were going to go into that. That's its, that's its own little story. <laughs> but um, great conversations to have. So um, what about, so the next facet, you know, we've already talked about preventative maintenance, reactive maintenance, education. The next is capital. Capital expense. Capital capital, ex expenditures, capital maintenance. So these are your big huge. projects. I would say right? I, I don't necessarily want to say big because sometimes they're not big. They're just expensive. Well, yeah, your, they're, your massive projects, your big things. Yeah, your huge projects. Things that you don't do every single day, things that you may not you don't do every single year. Um, these are roof replacements. These are hot water tanks. Like um, furnace replacement, boiler systems. Um, we're looking at your... AC unit repairs or replacements, rather not repairs, but replacements. Um, in a property like ours, we're also looking at things such as um, upgrades, upgrades yeah. based on usable life. So HUD has a lot of things, and and, and it's it's mostly just HUD, really. Um, and affordable housing where you have somebody coming in and telling you um, you have to manage the property in a, in such a way that the residents live in a home that can pass inspection, yes. essentially, yeah. based on usable life. So this is changing cabinets, putting in new countertops, 
This is, I mean, and sometimes it is replacing things that are not broken. Yeah, it is sometimes. I mean, yeah. because they expect you, after so many times, the life of the item is the life of the item. Whether they've kept it nice or not, yes. they still expect it to be upgraded. Yep. So, so right now at my property specifically, we are going through a huge new CNA, uh, CNA Capital Needs Assessment for MISHTA. Uh, we are MISHTA financed. And it's uh, it's been a nightmare. <laughs> it's <laughs> I been mean, big. It's, big, it's, big. It's very big. It's very big. So this is a needs assessment based on 20 years on what it is that needs to be replaced in the next 20 years. And they break it down year by year by year by year by year. <laughs> so you can decide what your reserve is going to be, how much you're going to put aside, and then what you're going to do, what your expectations are for maintenance and um, improvements for that year. And overall, the purpose is to maintain the property so it retains or increases in value yes. consistently across the board. So, I mean, that's everybody's goal. But the CNA specifically is a, a needs assessment. And if somebody comes in and they write you this big, long thing, it's like 78 pages. Um, they take photos and they tell you, you know, this is what needs to be done. This is when it needs to be done. And then they give you an estimate about how much they think it's going to cost. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's where things get interesting. That's where things get very interesting. Mm. Um, because I would say that these people are, um, you know, masters in their industry. They really yeah, are. Yeah, they are. Um, but when you are deciding how much something's going to cost 20 years from now, how do you know? You don't, because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen from year to year. What about inflation? Yeah, Look we didn't expect has... 15% inflation exactly. in two years. So the plans that have already yeah. been planned for are so drastically underfunded at this point because yeah. of inflation. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to catch up. Yeah. So Well, and that's one of the reasons we received a new one. So our, yeah. our last one was only eight years old. And we saw all this inflation and this turmoil. So we, uh, the, you know, uh, Mishta, you know, we don't decide these things. Mishta does. Right. And Mishta decided, okay, uh, you guys need a new one. And now it's like, okay, well, we saw all this inflation happen. Now these are what the new prices are going to be. Yes. Sticker shock is very real. Oh, um, oh, oh. Yes. it's kind of terrifying when you look at it because... Yeah. You don't see it until you do, yeah. And especially with the inflation added in yeah. there, and then you're like, oh, 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 wow, okay. So plan planning for the future is always a great idea. Building yeah. your budget is always a great idea. Yeah. But you can't build this in. No. You, you can't plan for pandemic. No, absolutely so, not. Yeah, Who would can't... have said? Who would have said in you know 2017 that in two years, three years. That we would have been home for four months, living, right. you know, Waiting living in at lines home. for grocery stores. Yep, and... not leaving, not being able to buy toilet paper. Yeah. You can't leave your house. You have to sanitize everything. People can't come and see fear. you. 
you know, if you end up in the hospital, nobody can go, you You're know, on your own. Be, yeah, you can't get visited. Nobody would have expected that. Never. Uh, there's no way to plan for something never. like that. Never. Uh, I mean, it was a world pandemic. The entire yeah. world went through this, people. Yep. And we're all we're all bracing for it now. We're all yep. trying to scramble and figure out, OK, going forward, what's it going to be? Right. So like Shauna said, we got a new CNA and uh, the, the sticker shock is real. Yeah. Yeah, so we're looking at a difference in reserve, personally, for for my property. This is just real life. This is what we're working with. Um, We're looking at a $3 million deficit. Yep. And this is, you know, over 20 years. But where's this money going to come from? These are all the things that we expect to get fixed. Um, this is how much we expect it to be. And now it is up to the property manager and the owner to figure out where we're going to cut things to save money or where we're going to get extra money so we can miscellaneous income. I don't know where you're going to get $3 million (laughs) worth of miscellaneous income, um, especially in a HUD property where there's a lot of protections. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Everybody's already low income anyways. So you can't, it's not like you can just start charging for things. People can't afford it anyways. Just like our costs went up, their costs went up too. Yeah. Well, and like I said, there's protection. A lot of protections. Yeah. And there's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because no, I, I don't all. think that the resident or any any tenant should be exploited because of the hardships of the owner. Yeah. Penalized because yeah. you of happen something to that own nobody the, could have planned yeah. for. So Yeah, penalized because you just happened to own the building mm-hmm. and you had a hard time. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's not fair. So I you know, I, I believe that, you know, those types of protections are there for a reason. You know, you can't just go around and charge people for whatever the heck you want because you feel like it. Which That's, is a good thing. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, you got to think yourself as a resident, too. Yeah. You, you wouldn't want to move in somewhere and then them just start charging you for everything off the bat when you just moved in. And those blinds broken when you moved in. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be fair for the property to go back and try to start charging their tenants. So those protections are definitely an important part of it. Yeah. Especially when... There is incentive. Yes. So especially with something like this where there is incentive. I mean, you are in a $3 million deficit over 20 years. You need to figure out where this money is going to come from. Well, there's absolutely incentive to just be like, oh, well, you broke this. You can now have to fix it. There is. You know, you did this. You did that. You did this. And just start pointing fingers and charging residents. So I feel like the the protections that are there are 100% warranted. I really do. So that's just me personally. That's what I believe. Um, Well, tenants should be protected. The landlords and owners should not be able to exploit their tenants just because they're having a shortfall. Yeah. You can't just change the rules in the middle of the game. Yeah. That's not how things work and it's not fair to tenants. So having those protections built in is a necessary thing. Yeah. I personally believe that too. Yeah. Absolutely. So capital, capital improvements. So what would you say as a maintenance uh, person, you know, do you maintenance every single day? What is it that you see? capital wise that seems unnecessary or did seem unnecessary 
And now after you've been on site, because you're at, a, at an apartment complex, so you're on site, you see the residents, you're in the property every single day. Right. And you realize that, especially at, you know, at our property, um, we have such a high caliber it, to which we really do. We that, hold ourselves to a very high standard correct. at our property. And Absolutely. I, I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Because I, I've seen a lot of properties. I've been a lot of places. Yeah. And let me tell you. Yeah. Our residents are spoiled rotten. Rotten. They really are. They're starting to stink. Look, They're so rotten. RCNA says we have to replace these kitchens. Okay. Five kitchens a year for the next 500 50 years. 50 kitchens a year. Or 50 kitchens. I'm sorry. 50 kitchens a year for the next however many years it takes us to finish this project. Five years. Five years. Oh, God. It feels like such a long time. Yeah. <laughs> By the time you're done, you got to do it again. Yeah. Uh, but not every kitchen is necessary. Some of the kitchens are still so nice. The cabinets are still like brand new. They still have stickers inside. I mean, granted, there are the ones that are not well maintained, dated, that and some that are very dated. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, our kitchens are not bad. Our kitchens are very nice. And uh, but we we are going to have to update those. But do you think that the CNA that's put into place, you know, with and at that point, we're t we're talking about now, um, just so the audience can understand, we're talking about usable life. Right. So, you know, the, the cabinets are in most of them beautiful condition. They Absolutely. really they really are beautiful condition. Our residents really take a lot of pride in their unit. They take a pride in, you know, the property manager, you know, myself or, um, you know, anybody, really any staff member coming into their unit and saying, wow, you really take good care of this place. And it makes them very proud. Oh, yeah. They, they love to hear when you walk into their unit, especially in a property like ours, where we do have 211 units yep. and our residents live right there where we yep. work. Yeah. So, you know, not every unit you walk into is going to be beautiful. Right. And they know it. They know that mm -hmm. some of their neighbors have some issues. And when you walk into their unit and you see, wow, they really take care of this place. They care. This is yeah. their home. You can tell. Yeah. They love it to hear it from you. Absolutely. Telling them, wow, you really keep this place kept up. You really keep this place beautiful. Yeah. Look at your cabinets. Your air conditioner filter is pristine. I tell people that all the time. Yeah. They love to hear it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I feel like you got to butter them up. You yeah, have to, yeah, yeah, you have to show them do. that you appreciate them and that the, you know, the upkeep that they're doing is important. Yes. And, because, and it's, um, appreciated. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to make your job easier. Cause let me tell you, those apartments that are well kept and look beautiful when you walk in are the ones you do not visit very often. Yeah. So those are the residents that you need to show your appreciation for. Yeah, but those residents, I, I kind of want to do a little caveat on that. The residents who maintain are also the ones that are calling you when something goes wrong. Yes, yes. So the ones that Which are not maintaining deal. are the ones that also don't want to call you because their unit is a wreck. Yeah, or and they don't very want you dirty. to see it. They don't want you in their unit. Or um, they know they broke something and it's yeah. going to kick you off a little bit because it's something that doesn't usually get broken. Yep. So they just leave it or it's mangled. Yes. Like mangled completely, completely to where it looks deliberate in some way. Yeah. So they don't want you to see these things. So they don't call and report them until yeah. you go in and you do your yearly inspection. Mm -hmm. This is why your yearly inspection is so important. People, if you don't go in and yeah. ever see what's going on, then you don't know what's going on. 
Yeah. And let me tell you, things can go awry in one year. Oh, yeah. The place can be completely demolished in one year. It could be demolished in less than one year. Yeah. So please do your due diligence and do your inspections. Yeah. It, it, it's a big deal. But appreciating the ones that do do what yeah. they're supposed to do and report their maintenance. That's what I tell people all the time. Don't hold off. Report yeah. your maintenance. Yeah. I, I'm going I am going to be upset as a maintenance man when I walk in and you have fifty thousand things wrong. But that you I only now have called because you have an out light bulb. Yes. I came there to change a mm-hmm. light bulb. But while I'm there, I'm looking around and I see your blinds are hanging off your window. Your yeah. door has a hole in it. Another door is off the hinges and your faucet is pouring water all over the place. Yeah. I'm gonna be a little upset with you, let me tell you. Yeah. Well, like Jay, like Jay and I had, you know, we had mentioned in the last episode, one of the most important and crucial, um, quote, employees that you can have that works for you is a good maintenance guy. Yeah. Somebody that's going to walk in and be like, okay, I'm just here to fix this light bulb because that's what you called for. But then calls the property manager and is like, this place is a wreck. Yeah, I and... saw this and I saw that and I saw this. And did you know this person has a dog? I mean, and it it feels a little feels like a little bit of a tattling. It does sometimes. It does, but, but you also realize the importance behind it. Yeah. Because yeah, it, you know there are things we put in place not only for the tenant before us as well. You know, especially if you you have an animal and you haven't notified us that you have an animal, especially if the owner requires a fee for you to have that animal. There's for a reason because we all know what animals do. Well, yeah, and, and if there's no animals, there's also, no animals for a reason. Yes, and we need to be aware of what's on the property. It, it is our property after all, our owner's property. We work for them. And um, we want to make sure everything is safe for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And fair for everyone as well. You know, you can't do for one and not do for the other. Yeah. Yeah. So what I was mentioning before about usable life, we're going to go back to capital, (laughs) talk about usable life. We got a little off track. A little bit. So I think everybody can agree that usable life for carpet here in Michigan, anyways, um, places where you don't get all the seasons, it's a little bit drier, you're not tracking stuff in, um, it's, it's going to vary. But for here in Michigan, I would say usable life of carpet is about seven years. Yeah, I would say about seven, depending on the carpet, how dark it is, you know, the color, every, every carpet's different, but seven years with our seasons and how wet it gets here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, and HUD says that um, usable life of cabinets is about 20. So, or, or less, I think. No, it is 20. It's 20. So that's why there are reasons why we have these capital assessments where it does kind of sometimes feel like a waste because you can live in a house. I know that my grandparents did. They lived in a house for 40 years and they never updated anything. And those cabinets are still great. My (laughs) aunt still lives in that house. She never replaced the cabinets. They're still in good order. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, And they're over 50 years old now. Now at this point, you know, and my grandparents, they live, they bought that house. It wasn't new. You know, so who knows how old they are now, but they're at least 60 years old. So, I mean, it's, it does sometimes feel like um, a nuisance, but I feel like that's, again, it's a protection. But I also feel like it Mm. encourages your good residents to stay. Absolutely. And, and to continue being good residents because they see that even though 
their cabinets are not dilapidated. They're not breaking apart. Maybe they're a little dated, but they see that you're yeah. replacing them anyways. Yeah. Nothing's wrong, and you're still coming in and updating for them because you want your building to last a long, long time. Yeah. So the, the capital expenses, I think, are very important because yeah. they force you. I've seen large buildings where they are not funded by Mishta and they are not required to do these things. Yeah. And I see them falling apart. Crumbled. Completely crumbled. crumbled. Sides of buildings falling off. Absolutely. Ceilings and apartments that people are actually living in falling in. Oh, yeah. And they're living without ceilings because <laughs> nobody has maintained it. I'm, gl I'm glad you mentioned that. So we're we're wrapping this episode up. Um, again, I'm getting that five finger countdown right now. <laughs> I feel like we're just constantly just keep going to the end. Well, this is good. We really that, do. That means that, that, means that we got about. a lot good of conversation. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of good context here. So, um, I, I think that our next episode, we're going to talk about, um, maintenance nightmares. Oh Lord. Help so us all. what you just mentioned, I mean, I think that all of us who have been in property management, maybe people who are brand new, little babies to property mm -hmm. management, you need to know. You there really are some do. nightmares. There, there are some, there nightmares. Are some ho absolute horror shows. Yeah, but it's going to be great. And you're going to get a laugh at our expense. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, it was great having you on the show with me today, Joe. Um, I think Jay's going to be back next time, but I'm sure you're yep. going to be back. So. Absolutely. I'll be around. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. And um, hopefully you, again, you just follow along and we're going to be talking about some nightmares next time. All right. Have a good one, you guys. Take care, everyone.